Today on the Diz List, we discuss the top five ride cues at Walt Disney World. Welcome to the Diz List, the podcast that ranks everything in Walt Disney World. I'm Nick. And I'm Rob, and welcome to episode 23, where we discuss the top five ride cues at Walt Disney World. But before we get to the list, if you've been enjoying the show, please take the time to rate us on on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be Be sure to share us with friends and family who you think would enjoy listening along. Help us grow so we can continue to bring you the content you've come to enjoy. Also, be sure to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at DizListPod. So, um, since we're talking about rides today and ride queues today, I was wondering, what's the longest Disney queue you've ever waited in? The longest Disney queue I've ever waited in was Flight of Passage. Okay. How long? Uh, I'm going to say, see, because... It's posted as minutes, but like <laughs> yeah. I like I just try to convert that to how many hours it was. When you start measuring cues in hours, we you know it's a long time. Yeah, it's over two. I wow. think. Wow. This was right around the time Flight of Passage first opened because we couldn't get a fast pass for it. Right. So I want to say, and my wife would probably know better than I, but it was probably two hours twenty minutes. Wow, it's a long time. So that's the longest I've seen. Um, a queue that I actually was willing to stand. So Flight of Passage was listed at 150 minutes, actually, so two and a half hours. Yeah. And my son was like, we really have to bring Nana on this ride. And we got in the line, and it was listed at 150. It was not 150. It was maybe 80. Oh, good. it was a good surprise. I think... They're trying to scare you off. Well, I think what happened was it had shut down. And so, you know, those they're not really sure how quickly... It's going to, you know, go through the lines. Right. That particular ride, I feel, is oftentimes deceiving how long the queue is, only because they load so many people in each time. It's a long one, too. Yeah. Yep. My wife has an interesting Disney queue story. Yeah. Yeah, But is it... (laughs) I know the story already. Um, But it's a different type of queue. Yeah. So it's... (laughs) Of of the virtual sense, maybe? I don't know. Like Guardians of the Galaxy? Or or way worse? (laughs) Way worse. So um, in 2021, when we were going to Disney World, it happened to come out that, hey, the last day you're there is going to be the first day of Boobash. And so my wife decided we should go to Boobash. Which is awesome. I love to do oh, that. It well, would... it's they changed it back. What's it? Yeah. Mickey's not so scary. Correct. Which so, I would love to do. Boo bash. The difference is what before you get to the story. So, it was their answer to not being able to do stage shows, not being able to do um, parades in the true sense. So they did cavalcades, and they didn't have a special fireworks show. Um, it's basically less of a party, more of an after-hours experience. So you don't have to say the exact price that you paid. You can if you want to, but I'm not putting you on the spot here. It varies. If, if So what's, give me like the, the it, difference, because this is your specialty here. What's the difference in price between the Boobash and Mickey's Not So Scary? Oh, man. Is it like a $50 so more? Less? It actually, as I recall, um, 
Boobash was more than what they had been charging for. Really? Mickey's not so scary because people were complaining that we're, they're charging me more for less. Sure. And Disney's answer was, well, it's less, there are less tickets. And I don't know if that's the case. It's I have more no idea. exclusive. <clears throat> Supposedly. What, yeah, Either way, my wife called when the line phone lines opened and was on hold for not one, not two. Two not, hours and 20 minutes? Not not two hours and 20, not three hours. More? 12 hours. <laughs> 12. Now, now that's a queue. And wait for it. The only reason she was out of the queue was because their workday ended and she hadn't even gotten through yet. Oh my Lord. So the phone just like ended. She called from work, left it on speakerphone really quiet, listened to the stupid like loop music for 12 hours. Oh my God. I was like, hang that up. She got <laughs> home and it was, I'm like, what are we? And then she's like, oh, I guess they're not getting to me. Their workday ended. It, I was, so the next day, I, I can't remember exactly how it went down. But because I was convinced that we weren't getting tickets at that point, um, because it was the first, it was opening day, and you've got all the influencer tickets and all that stuff. And then um, I can't remember how she got through so quickly the next day, but it was not as big of a headache the next day. And I don't know if it was because she called through member services with DVC, because a lot of times that's a lot quicker, right? Um, or or perhaps it was that she called with member services because it was a DVC only. Pre-sale? I can't remember. Either way, 12 hours. Man. That's dedication. Did she at least take a screenshot so that if you needed to call back and said, hey, I, I put in my time? Yeah, she uh, she did have a couple screenshots. I don't know if she still has them wow. or if she posted them on Instagram. But yeah, it was, I I could not believe when, when she was like, yeah, I'm still on hold. Man. I was like, wait, aren't you on your way home from work? <laughs> Didn't you start this at like 9 a.m.? So I think it was like 12, it ended up being like 12 hours and 20 minutes or something. Man. I can't even imagine. She had to keep her phone in plugged in or plugged in all day, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's dedication. So wow. thank you to my wife, because Boobash was awesome. But I can't I can't even fathom waiting in line waiting online for that. I remember when you did that, we were home. Obviously we're very excited and we went on to I think it was oh, yeah. Resort TV one, I think the one we were watching. I can't remember which one, but you're like, I see you. Yeah. So I was like <laughs> texting Nick. Well, I'm my wife and I are sitting like watching it live for the you know, the opening. And like Nick would text me where he was. Okay, I'm I'm right by Casey's corner by the pole. Oh no, not not Casey's corner, opposite opposite yeah. corner. Plaza. Yep. At, and he's like, I'm right by the flagpole or not the flagpole, the, the light pole. Man, I'm on the corner. I'm goofing it all up now, but so then I would text him and say, I see you, I see you. Yeah. Oh, it was cool. Yeah. It, it was, was cool. It was full of influencers that night. Saw a whole bunch of people. Saw Nate from Paging Mr. Morrow. Yep. Uh, Resort TV One was there. I think Tim Tracker was there at some point. Didn't see him. Um, You'll run into him eventually. Yeah, it was, I mean, I'm shocked we've run into him twice. It's It was a really good party, but or after hours, but I would I want to do a party. I want to do the... I want to do the um, Christmas party, personally, but that's me. That, well, we didn't do the official Christmas party, but we did... Well, we'll get more into Christmas stuff in the next couple of weeks. I'll tell yeah. you about my Christmas experience. You did the Epcot stuff, though. That was cool. Festival yeah. holidays. Well, um, when we do our holiday episode, I'll, um, I'll go into more depth with um, what that was like. Cool. Awesome. It was a lot of fun. All right. 
So um, who do we have for the halftime show today? Uh, Buffalo's own Goo Goo Dolls. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is they going to play that song where they just play a G chord through the entire... No, I'm just joking. Is that like every song they ever do? No. You know what's funny about the Goo Goo Dolls, though, is they started off as a Buffalo hardcore band. Really? Yes. True story. Back in 1986, they started. They played with, oh my gosh, all the different Buffalo hardcore bands that you expect, (laughs) and different bands Scott Vogel's been in, and... Uh, yeah, so they were, and then they first signed on Metal Blade Records, and which is the same record label that Metallica used to be on. And then Rob's from, doing a Rob's doing the hardcore metal yeah. uh, deep dive here. Uh-huh. From Buffalo. And then they changed their style and went pop. And hey, whatever. I'm not. They they write great songs as a metal band. They write great songs as a pop band, and they blew up and well deserved. I sat at a bar next to the bass player one time, and it was like, you just look over and, oh, there he is. I forgot what his name His name might be Robbie, actually. We'll find out. I'll find out after Anyway, so uh, let's ask him. So um, maybe when they come off stage, we'll uh, we'll ask him. Maybe they'll say, go Bills with us. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, all right, we'll see you in a minute. Go Bills. Go Bills. Welcome back. How about that rendition of Iris? Oh wow, you even remembered the song title. Yeah. Robbie they, Robbie Tackick is his Oh, name. you look okay, good. You asked him? Yeah, I asked him. Okay. It did is he Robbie. did he remember sitting next to me at the Continental Bar in Buffalo? Yes. Okay. He said, Oh, that bald guy that plays in all those bands. I had a little bit of hair then actually. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was wearing a hat. Probably probably a Bill's hat or a Sabres. Okay. Could be Sabres yeah. at that time. Oh, that fair skinned fair skinned kid with a really bad sunburn. There you go. That was probably it. Yeah, because that was around the time the Sabres were in, in power in the NHL. Wow, that's when, a while ago. When I lived in Buffalo, yeah. No goal. Yeah, well, that was it. I live. I lived there during no goal. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's, anyway, not a sports p- podcast, folks, but we yeah. love our sports. That's right. Uh, a couple questions I want to ask you before we begin. Yeah. Uh, the first one is, what's a cue? People listening are like, are we talking about letters of the alphabet here, or is this a British term for a you know, line? You know, it's hilarious to me. I would never have said the word Q, mm-hmm. and then you become a Disney person. Or a Netflix person. Yeah. And you're no longer online. Mm-hmm. You are now on Q. That's right. Or not, you're not in line, you are on Q, which is so weird to me, right? It is. It is strange. Uh, how long have you standed on Q? Why is a quintessentially American company borrowing british slang or or language anyway for being in line i do not know right i honestly like if we went to six flags oh you're standing in line you go to disney oh what's the queue like today right what do you mean the queue what do they use at universal i don't know huh interesting if you're listening uh shoot us a message let us know i mean it's it's weird that we call them cues right yeah and it, it seems it normal now. Yeah, absolutely does. When did that change? That changed around, I seriously think when Netflix rose to power, line and list became Q, right? No, because like, you've always had like, you could adjust your Q of like what plays next. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's not different. Because you wouldn't say, I put this line, this song in line well, to put, play. Put it this way. Do eight-year-olds use that term? I mean, my eight-year-old, my eight-year-old or former, soon-to-be eight-year-old will, but yeah. that's only because 
she goes to Disney. Oh, okay. So she doesn't know what part of her normal vernacular. No. It's part of her Disney no, vernacular. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's a cue? It's a line at Disney. Right. What? You what? ask another classmate of hers, they'll go, it's a letter. Yeah. Which is not yeah. a stupid response. Right. It's. But I do think we need to define it a little bit better because I know that I wrote my list one way and I could have written it another way because I personally wrote my list not including pre-shows but you could have written your list including pre-shows yeah some of them yeah so for me just yeah. so we just so we're clear i did not consider pre-shows as part of the queue right which means we probably won't overlap which is absolutely fine and rob did consider yeah them. i feel like you knew that i did not know that but i knew that that was a possibility yeah and i said to my son before i left i said i'll bet you I bet you, Mister Mister uh, Rob. <laughs> I bet you, Mister Rob is thinking um, thinking one thing, and I'm not. So I think we're gonna be good. It'll be a long episode today. Yeah, that's okay though. That's okay. All right. So you want to get going? Yeah. My second quick question is: Do you think you've spent more time on an average Disney day sitting in a restaurant or standing in a queue? So this. Because I'm a table service person. That's why I figured it was a good question for you. Easy answer for me. Between the fact that I'm a table service person and we are pretty good uh, users of Genie Plus and um, also pl- using touring plans, like we have the touring plans app, Lines app, um, I feel like we spend more time sitting down, relaxing in a restaurant. See, I figured that might be true. Not because I'm spending a lot of time in the restaurant, but because we are pretty darn good at avoiding long lines. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I was curious. I thought of that this morning. I was like, "Mm, I bet you spend more time at tables. Now we're the opposite only because we're quick service people. We're in and out and bang back. But you're not, you're not in line for four hours. You're probably in line two and a half, three hours a day. Yeah. Like, but we're not not... sitting at a table for that. No, no, no. I understand that. But when you add up, if you take two quick service meals and one table service meal, you've got, you know, two and a half, three hours of sitting down. So Yeah. All right. Cool. On to the list. So, best ride cues. My number five best ride cue, uh, maybe this is on your list. I mean, we, like I always say, we don't go over this ahead of time. My number five is based in a world that is very special to me from my youth. And this is a cue that I very much enjoy. And the last time that we went to Hollywood Studios and I waited in this queue, we basically just raced through it. But it's such a great experience for me because it takes me back to Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I am standing on Endor, even though it's mega hot. Maybe it gets hot on Endor. We don't know. But standing in my number five, Star Tours. That's a good cue. I love it because I'm a big Star Wars guy. So are you. It is not on my list, but that is a good cue. And I I thought hard about this. Like, okay, what experience do I like to have when I'm in in the queue? And even though it's hot, and sometimes you're in the sun, sometimes you aren't, I took that into account for most of these two, that I am on Endor, and I'm looking up, and I see the ATAT. Oh, my God. That's so cool. It's amazing. And sometimes it sprays you with water. It does. And then you get inside, and then you feel like you're in a rebel base. You get to see 3PO. You get to see R2 in the inside. That, to me, is like, it's immersive in the movies. And the funny thing is... They have similar things over in Galaxy's Edge, but this brings me specifically 
into the movie that I love, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, the only thing that would be better is if, like, they had actual Ewoks walking around. That would be cool, too. That would be really cool. That is, that's a, a really good cue, honestly, and yeah. I can't argue with that at all. With the line being so <clears throat> short and it being not as a popular of a ride, which is weird because they're constantly updating the ride movie to match whatever movie is out in the theaters for Star Wars, so it's always updated, but it's uh, one of my favorites. I, unpopular opinion, but ride-wise, I prefer this ride to Smuggler's Run. No, I do too. Smuggler's Run is so stressful for me. Yeah, we, <laughs> we were we struggled through that. Yeah, and I I've said this story on the podcast before. Like I was like, all right, I did pretty good this time. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not. But like, imagine what I did the previous time. Yeah. You weren't with me. When, uh, yeah. Anywho, yeah, my number five is the Star Tours queue at Hollywood Studios. That's a, great a lot one. of fun. So my number five is actually also going to be leaning heavily onto nostalgia. And it's also in Hollywood Studios. Okay. And it's Toy Story Mania. Oh, I thought about that one, yeah. Because walking through that queue with my kids and pointing out, hey, you know what that is? Do you know what that is? Do you know what? I played and- that when I was a kid. You know that game? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, Dad. Yeah. Like the, the you know, like Battleship and Tinker Toys. And, mm-hmm. and then when it's working, the Potato Head um, animatronic, yeah. when it's working, sometimes yeah. it's not. Um, just, I love walking through that queue. It does a great job of making you feel like you're toy size. You've got those massive crayons against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in a fort that you can rem- that you would feel like you built with your own, for your own toys. Yeah, right. You you've taken them, all your boxes, your old boxes to your games and stacked them up and you know put them so that they're a fort for your action figures and you are now that living action figure within this area. I love the ride anyway, but like that particular cue for me takes me back and I can't help but smile going through there and you know it's one of those rides that I know for a fact my kids are at some point going to get really annoyed with me saying hey look at that you know I used to play with that and they're gonna be like yeah you told us the last 18 times <laughs> like we could ride it four times yeah. in a row I'm still gonna point those things out yep. every time I'm in there I find a different toy Yeah. or a different game that you so, don't remember from last time yeah I, I love it I it is a nostalgia piece for me and and so that's my number five. Now, a lot of how I built my list, you know, it d- depends on the one individually, but mm-hmm. a good chunk of it is inside and air-conditioned. Yeah, that's a big thing there on that one. That's a huge part of my list moving forward, too, mm-hmm. is that, you know, do I want to be standing and baking in the sun? Part of it is, you know, part of it, even when you're outdoor, outdoors, you're semi-shaded, they have that tall bamboo that sort of looks like grass, but then... What do you think? Maybe three quarters of the queue is probably over cover with, and air condition. Yeah. With the cutbacks and everything else, switchbacks. Yeah. yeah. I will add that I don't actually ever, as much as I complain about Hollywood studios and needing more places for air conditioning, I don't often think about this one being the one that has the air conditioning only because of the time of day that I ride this ride. I almost always ride am going over there in the morning. Yep. And hit this one up early. Yeah, we did. Um, that was the first or second ride we did. I Maybe think it was the our, first I think one. It was our first one. Yeah, we we it dropped it because we had a we had a um, genie plus or lightning lane for um, for slinky. Slinky, yeah. So we didn't need to run to that. Well, good choice, and it actually transitions really well into my number four. And my number four is also a cue that shrinks you down. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> which is uh, now I'll I'll explain. I love 
this cue, and I hate it at the same time. So that's why it's at number four. Could be higher on my list, and that is Ratatouille. Yeah. Let me get, can I just... Yeah, yeah. I think the reason you hate it is because it's a 50-50. Yes, exactly right. Half the half the half cue is, is like, whatever. Outside. Think about it. No, outside ropes. Yeah. It's the worst. The yeah. first half of that cue is awful. Might Outdoors. Be one the, might be one of the worst. Hot, horrible. Yeah. But the second half is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, you go from torture to, like, in it, just this immersive, amazing mm-hmm. experience. As soon as you get inside, it feels like it's nighttime in Paris. It's nice and cool. And as you walk through the queue, it makes you feel like you're shrinking mm-hmm. down. And you even go into, like, this little art studio. It's, like, super cute. Anyway, the I, I don't want to give all of it away here, but Ratatouille is just such a fun queue. I really enjoy it, but that first half, I hate it. Could it be higher on my list? Yeah. You know, I, I even thought about, well, I'll take it off the list completely because that first half of it is god-awful. But the second half is so good. And the sign, the Gusteau's sign, they say it in French and English. Very, very cool. Um, I don't know if this made your list or not. I guess we'll find out. But so, do you have any comments on this one? It, it didn't make my list. It made my honorable mention. I did write it down as an honorable. It's number six for me, yeah. probably. Maybe number seven. Um the reason it didn't is because the fact that I feel like the Imagineers, I don't know if they didn't think it was going to be popular, and so they didn't build big enough <laughs> yeah. of an indoor queue, or if they had size restraints. But, like, it, that queue for a new ride, when you know that a new ride coming in is going to have a decent amount of people wanting to be on it, yeah, I feel like they didn't use enough real estate for the queue. And so, as a result, you're outside a lot. And, it, you know, it is what it is. I guess this time of year, it probably feels like that queue's too big because wait times are really low. And, you know, the week after Thanksgiving is notoriously dead. But, yeah. Well, we wrote know. it twice. One time it was at the crack of dawn. It was like around <clears throat> 7 o'clock or maybe yeah, 8 in the morning. Yeah, it was, we broke cropped with the early park entry. And we didn't have to wait very long. But the, the second time was right after we watched Harmonious. And it was at night, but it was so hot at night. It was like 90 degrees Uh at, you know, whatever time it got over, 920 or whatever. Well, everything is stone right there, right? So it just absorbs all that heat. And then when the sun goes down, it's still giving off that heat. It was hot. Um, In hindsight, I don't think I would, that would not be my my extra hours um, strategy at Epcot. I think we learned the hard way. But it was was still, I mean, that ride is amazing. And that cue, I agree with you. I mean, it's that's why it's on my honorable mention, so yep. I like it, too. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. What do you have for four? So my number four is in the same park, in the same part of the park. Oh. Frozen Ever After. There you go. Okay. I think, so for me, mm-hmm. is it, like, amazing because I love Frozen? No. But my my daughter loves Frozen. And to a certain extent, my son grew up with Frozen as well. It does a very good job of bringing some of the side characters in as you're going through. You've got yeah. Oaken's Tokens. You walk through Kristoff's shop. It feels like you're walking through Arendelle, even when you get into the, the main room there. And it's air-conditioned. It's, it's called Frozen. I was, was going to say, and it's air-conditioned. I think that it's a really good ride, um, a really good ride cue in that it it really is themed well to the characters in the movie mm-hmm. and they don't just rely on Anna and Elsa having, having the sauna and Oaken's face pop up on it's the sauna cool. door is pretty cool. It is very cool. Um, 
So I rode it once on a back when Fast Pass was still a thing, and you went through the Fast Pass line, and you kind of bypass that um, before you get to the switch. And I, I'll be honest with you, I would rather rope drop it and try to make sure I get through that entire queue rather than go and do the fast pass and, and bypass all that yeah, stuff or the point. lightning lane and bypass that stuff. I think it's a really good uh, cue for young kids who maybe maybe they don't need to be so much entertained like along the lines of like a Winnie the Pooh where they got the honey wall and stuff. Yeah, right. But it, but where they need where they can pick things out because even if there's a line where it's kind of standstill at moments. You can have your kids pick things out in the room, you know, like, oh, what do you, what's that from? You remember that in the movie? And there's little props like in Kristoff's shop because he's the royal ice, ice provider or whatever he is. There. Well, it's interesting because <clears throat> now that you're saying this, I'm picking out quite a few rides. Uh, I would say when you go into the Mexico Pavilion, mm-hmm. it's night. When you go into Frozen to wait in that queue, it's night. When you walk into Ratatouille for that queue. It's night. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting that you're indoors, you're in this air conditioned. And I guess my point I'm trying to make here is I think Epcot and Disney in general does a good job of bringing you into that immersive experience because it's even changing the time of day for you. So they make kind of cool. So you're thinking that's kind of cool. And um, I'll bet you Disney executives are thinking I don't have to pay a light bill. Yeah, sure. And, and that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, because... It is very immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my number four. I, I love that that cue. I think it's a great cue. That's a great choice. My number three is one that I don't even know if you, you're even going to put on your list. I tried to, when I created this list, I went through every single ride. Okay. Okay, in my head, I went through all of them and just pictured what all the cues were, which ones meant the most and most enjoyable to me. Now, this one, although a lot of it is outside, okay, it is one of the most fun and enjoyable and exciting cues, and that one is it's tough to be a bug because you're standing outside the tree of life, and as you're walking around the tree of life, carved into this tree of life in Animal Kingdom are all of these hidden animals everywhere. I mean, there's probably hundreds of them. So as we're waiting in line for tough to be a bug, you know, at being an art person and everyone in my family having such an appreciation for that, what we do is we're looking around, identifying all the animals, appreciate appreciating the artisans and the sculptors. We absolutely love it. It's hot, I know, but we have so much fun looking around and identifying. And and the line moves quick too because it's you know it's a big show. Everybody piles in, and then uh, you're waiting in line, and then you're kind of walking through. And anyway, I really really enjoy that cue, and I know it probably wouldn't be on a lot of people's lists. But for me, it's as high as number three. I really enjoy it. I would not have even thought of it. Um, <clears throat> I really understand where you're coming from. I think there's ways to enjoy that particular, the tree of life without having to be in that queue. Yeah. Um, but I completely and totally forgot about how that kind of wraps around through, you know, you're, you're, as close to the tree of life as you're mm-hmm. going to get. I mean, you're literally in it. Um, and I think I was amazed when my first time going, cause like you, you know, they're there and you know, but like when you show up and you're like in that queue, you think, okay, well they're going to be obvious animals. Right. But there are things that like, 
you might not see the first three, four times you're there. Yeah. And that and happened like, with Whoa, us. Whoa, wait a second. That's, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, it's, it is a pretty smart use of the tree of life because from a distance you don't notice it, but up close you, you notice these little things. And it's a, a prime example of how Joe Rody and the Imagineers that built that park thought of everything. Oh, it's, in, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, except for Dinosaur Land. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if we'll see Joe Rody back. Wow. Could you imagine? I don't know. Wow. As of time of recording, you never know. Yeah. We, we did this last yeah. week. Was it last week or the week before? We we were making comments no, about two weeks. Yeah. Bob Iger and JPEG. And then two weeks ago. And, and that then night. Sunday, 10 15. Yeah. So in a couple hours, we're going to find out that Joe Rody's coming back. Let's hope so. Could you imagine? Yeah. We would have to record Bre- break, again. Breaking news. We would have to do another breaking news segment. <laughs> that would be hey, something else. But I'd be happy to do that for news like that. Yeah. Anyway, so he's yeah, travel- my- <laughs> he's traveling right now. If his Instagram is to be believed, so yeah, I try to follow him too. He's yeah. a he's an awesome guy. So my number three, tough to be a bug. What do you have for three? So my number three, I went back and forth on whether I should whether it should be lower. I I think that I may have, um, I could have justified putting this below Frozen. So I'm gonna say this is like four B slash. Three A, whatever, and it's seven dwarves. Oh, okay. So i I understand that it's not necessarily the most immersive, right? You're not turning into a mouse or a rat. Sure. You're not turning into a toy. However, I feel like you're really walking into the mine with the dwarves. You have those barrels that that. The kids can twist and project stuff. Now that's yep. obviously something that in in twenty twenty two you think about and you're like, hmm, there's a petri dish waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we my kids went running to touch it and my wife had to hold them back. Yeah. yeah. It's changed obviously. Like what, when you think about, okay, well we got to be more mindful of like how germs spread. Yep. Um, and and so that part of it has changed. That said. I really like this cue. I think it's, I don't think it's as hot as some of the others. I think part of that is that they have like those fans are really ripping in there. Yep. And so while it's not air conditioned per se, it feels rather cool in there. Um, and I love the ride. I just, I think it's a cool um, feel to the whole place. What are I your think, thoughts? If I'm remembering it right and correct me if i'm wrong i remember right before you go inside that you can refill your water bottle i think there's like a f- drinking fountain there i believe there is yes right i, yeah. I remember it being such like a great surprise and thinking so that's fantastic if any disney execs listen to us <laughs> put a drinking fountain midway not not even no not i don't can we get rid of the drinking fountains and please get water bottle filling water stations? Bottles. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. there are some, but replace, like if, if schools can replace them, yeah. Disney can. Please do it. Yeah. It's much so better. much better. And then they can put, you know, probably more industrial filters yeah. on them and. Yeah. Whatever. So it doesn't taste like sulfur. Yeah. But it, I, I really like that, that cue. Um, it does make me feel like I'm going into the mines to go working and I, I am a sucker for cues 
where you can hear the people on the ride. So you're building oh, up yeah. exci- you're building up excitement throughout when you hear the people whiz by you and they're screaming. I, it's partially why I I don't like the queue so much, but I like I don't mind the experience of waiting for Toy Story yeah. or for Slinky Dog. Uh, because you can hear everybody, like they're flying over your head, and you yep. can hear them. Everest is like that, too. When you go to get on yeah, Everest, they exactly. come down the drop. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm i a sucker for those kind of cues, um, so that's why I, I put this up there. That's a good one. Good choice. That one is not on my list, but I, it's not even on my honorable mention. I didn't even think of that one for yeah. some reason. It's that's not a good one, choice. It's not one that a lot of people probably think of as being a great cue. But. The only other thing I'll say about that one, too, which can be positive or negative. When you get to the end, right before you get on the ride, I feel like the minds shrink. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting bigger. Yeah. Because I don't fit anymore. I don't know if you noticed no, that too, the, or maybe like it's the, just me. I, I don't want to call it a door, but that last turn you make is, to go in to where they decide to where they decide which row you're sitting in. Yeah. I do feel like that's definitely small and like I I can think of like our friend who just went there on his honeymoon. I could imagine him getting to that spot and be like, whoa, I'm claustrophobic <laughs> right now. How do I fit in this? Yeah, he's he's a tall guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So my number two is, it's kind of funny because it's it's a queue without a queue. Because you have to press a button even to get in the virtual queue for this specific ride. And my number two is brand new Guardians of the Galaxy. So when you when you join the virtual queue for this, obviously they give you a time and you come back they scan your band and you go in but if you haven't been on this ride yet it's it's a pretty incredible ride not only that but the whole experience is is pretty fantastic so when you walk in the main door there is like this beautiful projection on the ceiling you're in this giant round room and there's all these little display cases with these mini models with ships and then there's two other pre-shows which I know we mentioned earlier that do we count the pre-shows, do you not? But it's still all part of the waiting process for me, so that's why I considered it. I can't, we, I, we've had this discussion before, and I don't remember if we landed on there's two pre-show videos or there were three. Because the one has Glenn Close, the second, I think, has the Guardians, and that's the one where, yes, yeah. okay, yeah, uh, I don't want total spoilers yeah. here. I'm, I'm very bad if at If you that. haven't... If you haven't ridden this ride, this ride's so new that I do feel it's one we have to like pump the brakes before we like. Yes, that's. I'm looking at Nick here in the room, and we always give it all away. I will be honest with you. There's some cool surprises. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. This is not on my list, and I hate myself for not putting it on my list because I was like, well, I can't count it because of the pre-show. I can't count it because I'm not counting pre-shows. But then when you start describing that room yeah, you walk into, I forgot also a great how, part of how the amazing that part is. And they have the little videos on the screen yeah. with the different characters. But, There's a lot to it. But we, trust me when I say, if you don't, we, we purposely said we are not watching any ride-throughs of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was, the only spoiler I'll give you is always go to the right. Yes. When given a choice, when you enter a room, a go room. to the right. Yeah, hang out on the right-hand side. Um, Just, it makes life easier. Yeah. But that said, it is like, yeah, I am I hate myself for not putting this on there. It's it's a good one. It's very There's good. so many. And, and my honorable mention list is long, too, because Disney does a good job with this, because the amount of time that you spend, it's it's all part of the immersive experience and yeah. the money that you pay. Yeah, it's, it's a very good... 
you know, and I think that the virtual queue makes it tolerable too. I would, I would be interested to find out after the virtual queue goes away, if it goes away, would I still be sitting, would you still be saying it's a good queue? Yeah. Because it may go down like Ratatouille is really good, but it's also half the time we're outside because that's probably what will happen with this ride. Because I suspect that entire room that you're talking about with the projections and whatnot is going to wrap. It's going to turn into one big giant freaking switchback. And so will the outside. Yeah. And so it's going to be a pretty intense um, weight inside. But you're right. This is a that that room alone is good. And then you go around the corner and you've got um, the videos of the different guardians up on the on the wall. And yeah, with the display cases with the Nova Core and the ships. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I can't I remember the name of the planet. My son has them all memorized. You, and but. you start getting into it as you're walking up, and you've got... It's just a really cool... It's it's my favorite ride right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. That's my Dizless number one ride right now. I dropped I dropped the ball on that. I didn't put it on my list. It's all right. Okay. At least one of us remembered. <laughs> and you have a bunch that I forgot, too. So yeah. that's why this is a good thing that worked out this way. Yeah. So what do you have for two, then? So my number two is one that does exactly the opposite. I shouldn't say the opposite. Does it accomplishes what Remy's couldn't. Okay. In that its outdoor portion of the queue is as good, if not better than its indoor portion. Really? And that is flight of passage. Oh yeah. Waiting in line, waiting on queue. Sure. For flight of passage, walking underneath the floating islands, walking around those, the, the, the foliage, the, the flora and fauna, mm-hmm. if you will, the sound that's getting pumped in, the waterfall on the side of the mountain, the whole thing is just so immersive before you've even gotten inside. When you get inside, they've got the bioluminescence going on. Now, I haven't ridden this ride at night. Not, and Riding the ride at night isn't important. But being, being in that outside in that night. queue at night, I think yeah. would be so cool. It is. Um, the bioluminescence inside is awesome. Animal Kingdom is probably the second hottest park. Yeah, and it's a long queue inside of air conditioning that will get you a break. Well, the second half is. The first half we were kind of going through the mountains. I don't know. They must have some kind of air conditioning because it's like half open, but. It's it's kind of reminiscent of um, Mind Train in that it has a lot of very powerful fans. Um, I'm with you. I'll be honest. This is number six on my list. This is okay. just slightly off I the list. Gotten, I love yeah, it too. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to the room with like right. the experiments going on. Uh-huh. You've got, I mean, everything's so cool. You've got a, a life size. Is that life size? I don't even know. How would you know? Life yeah. size uh, it's, avatar. Yeah, it's like uh, it's size accurate according yeah. to the way they because yeah. they're uh, I think compared to like if a human average height is what five what's average human height five and a half feet maybe for females yeah, yeah. and then for males it's what it's probably five, probably ten. five ten five eleven yeah. and then I think for the Navi they're what nine feet yeah. tall yeah I mean it's massive that's but a it's, guess I I think it. You know, it could be a bit intense for some younger kids. Yeah. Because it looks like a living thing that's floating in a vat that, yeah. So that can be a bit intense. Yeah. But um, my kids love the experimentation that's going on, like the mm. little mag- magnetic uh, 
liquid that looks like it's it's reacting uh, and that it's coming to life. It's really just playing with magnets. I mean, yeah. I, I know the physics and the science behind it, obviously, but it's not, it, you know, for a kid, it, it's like magical. So I think it's a really great cue. Um, I think where they drop the ball is when you're finally walking down that ramp. Oh, that yeah. ramp is like the most boring. It is. And it can be like Flat the most boring concrete. 10, 15 minutes of your life. You're yeah. just like waiting. Um, and I don't ever feel, like I said at the at the top of the show, I don't feel like this line, like you wait forever. Because when they load, I mean, if if you've been on the ride and you know what the ride is like, do yourself a favor and look around when that when that screen opens up because it's soaring on crack. Yeah, you look left, right, I've down. Not, like, it's you, so many people. It reminds me of when when you first start the ride, like you're on the side of an apartment building in a big city where you're looking out the balcony and you can see everyone else's balconies up and down. That's what yeah. it reminds me of. Yeah, and, and this ride, honestly, reminds me why I'm irritated about the bent effect on Soren. Right. Because there's no never. There's a bajillion places you could be. Yeah. And it's uh, good no matter it's where. It's good no matter where. Yep. How come Soren can't have a straight Eiffel Tower? I don't know. Anyway, that queue is my number two at Walt Disney World. Great choice. Thank you. My number one is a lot in common to the first one on my list, which was number five. And my favorite one, now this does include pre-show, but I'm also including a couple other factors here. I'm including a good chunk of it is air-conditioned inside, and the nostalgia factor. My number one is Star Wars Rides of the Resistance for multiple reasons. The first one is, when I walk in, I feel like I'm in a rebel base, and mm. I'm walking through the corridor, and then I see that screen that all the rebels are standing around. It's green and it has like the circles and the grid on top of it. Yep. And then I get excited. I go, okay, I'm part, I'm part of the rebel Alliance <laughs> here. Yeah. I'm part of this. Like I, I'm in it. I'm in it. And then you see Ray and, and BB eight, which is still, you're kind of waiting. And then you still walk around a little bit more. And I don't know how much further to elaborate. Are you going to continue on here? No, you're not going to continue on here. Okay. We talked a little bit beforehand, and I said, I don't think we're going to overlap very much. And he says, I, I think you're right. So then the further on you go, they have all these little animatronics built in. So this is a complicated one because it could be a, a debate between the two of us, but it's how we each interpret what a cue is. I'm including the cue as everything I'm doing before I literally get on to that moving trackless ride. That's where I am on this. Hey, look, it's it's a very good weight for the ride. I don't slight that. It's a good cue. Um, for me, it's not. It doesn't rise to the level. Good one. <laughs> pun intended. It does not rise to the level of a top five cue for me because I eliminated the pre-shows. Sure. Throw, and- throw pre-shows in, and it's. It's my number one. Yeah. If you include I'm the entire, that. if you right, which yeah. is why I think that it's that's interesting part of that my did, definition. Yeah. And I'm glad that we didn't discuss this beforehand because it's resulted in a very good discussion and and a variety per- too. To be perfectly honest, this was a very hard list to come up with because of because of that. But like, I have honorable mentions and I have dishonorable mentions. Yeah. So I, if I had considered pre shows as part of the queue, 
this is number one okay. on my list. I didn't, sure. and so it's not, because I think the wait up until then just right. isn't. It, the, the screen I mentioned earlier, I mean, is amazing, but it wouldn't get you to number right. one with just that part of right. the screen. Right, so for you, walking in and seeing all the stormtroopers is still part of the queue. Yeah. And so that makes... I mean, I know yeah, I, haven't, I haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, go or, ahead. Or, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's okay. <laughs> Again, like there's so much to talk about. I mean, I don't need to kind of reiterate what the whole ride is, but that whole experience up to getting on the ride for me is just, it's gold. That, I, that's my number one. I've had the unfortunate experience before. Of skipping it. Yes. Yeah. Because of a malfunction. That was I your first time. There. No, it was when they first opened sometimes. Or when they just reopen, they want people to move faster and oh. they skip a whole bunch of the pre-show. Like the whole Ray section, I think, is part of the thing that gets skipped. You skipped you just, Ray like and you just walk right through the... It's, what part did you skip? Oh, man, I... The part where you go on the transport ship? Yes. Oh, uh, that part's awesome, too. Yeah. So, it's just weird when they do that, but... Is there another great... entrance or do you walk right through the transport ship? Walk right through it. Oh, okay. At least when I went, we did. All right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's not on my list, but do you have more to add with, about that? No. And I'm, I don't know if our, our listeners have been on the ride before and I'm, I'm always torn whether I want to describe everything that's happening or just kind of describe my feelings and, and what it means. Cause I don't, again, I always get heat from my friends who I work with that I spoil everything. So I, I always have that little, uh, person standing over my shoulder saying, don't. Don't ruin it. Don't spoil it for everyone. <laughs> so I'm not going to spoil too much of it. But again, uh, I have loved Star Wars my entire life. Uh, I was born the the November after Star Wars came out, and you know I've grown up with it. Still collect the vintage action figures. I, I just absolutely love Star Wars. So my number five and my number one are both going to be Star Wars. So what do you have for your number one? Is it even on my list? It is not. Really? And I really thought this is where you were going when you started talking about your number one. Oh. Because of our experience together. And my number one best cue at Walt Disney World is also Star Wars, but it is Smuggler's Run. Oh, okay. <clears throat> because Hondo. Yeah, was awesome too. Name a better animatronic in a queue. I don't know if you can. Yeah, the next thing you're going to mention is definitely... And then... Oh, yeah. Like, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. When you walk on to the Millennium Falcon, and you are standing there where where Chewie and Han stood, you're you're in the Millennium Falcon. And I'm, I mean, Rob and I are both kind of giddy right now thinking <laughs> talking yeah, about this. <laughs> I'm going to quickly look up the photo of the two of us while, while Nick's describing So it. this is, like, it... When you walk through, you know, you've got the mechanic shop you're walking through that's got a whole bunch of cool stuff in it. Uh, it really is a Star Wars nerd's dream because even the old the old guard, if you will, of Star Wars fandom will love this because you have old Star Wars stuff, right? You've got Millennium Falcon. Rise is, you know, truly the Disney Star Wars, right? So you've got Rise of the Resistance has... Your Kylo Ren, your Rey, and while Hondo isn't necessarily part of the old Star Wars stuff, that whole arrow, right? You're walking through to the, that that queue. You've got 
the like I, like I said, you're like walking through like a, a shipyard, a shipbuilding area, and you've got the you got the mechanic shop, and you've got Hondo, and you it, it's just so um, nostalgic for me. When and I had not been on it, and then Rob was like, "Wait until you get on Millennium on the Millennium." Walking and, through the doorway and getting into the cockpit is like whoa. And there's there are pictures of us and our family with these stupid little kid smiles. Yeah. And our I mean our kids are smiling, but we're the ones with the stupid little kid smiles. Yeah. Because we we're sitting down at the chess table. We're walking. You know. Oh my gosh, the blast doors. We're gonna go through the blast doors. Oh my gosh, like we're gonna go sit in the cockpit. It. I love that cue, and I get it that like. For probably 75% of our listeners, they would not rank this as high as I am. And that's fine because this is my list. And for me, it just talking about it is making the hair on the back of my neck stand up because of how cool it was. I am scrolling through my pictures from our trip. We have so many pictures <laughs> that I'm not even close to where we are on the Hollywood yeah. Studios day at this point. Yeah. We're not even close. So my my two cents on this is pretty much what Nick said. It's it's the same thing. It's not on my list, but not because I purposefully left it off, because mine is so Star Wars centric already to begin with. But being able to just sit at that table on the Millennium Falcon and get our picture taken, which I don't think we were supposed to do, but we pay enough money. I'm sitting down and getting my picture taken. So my wife was nice nice enough to do that for us. Um, but man, it is, it is cool. It is really cool. The ride itself and the whole video game part, not a huge fan of, but you know, it's almost worth it just to be able to go into that, that iconic setting. So I agree. That's a great one for number one. So I would replace the ride and make the whole thing. One big giant restaurant. Right. <laughs> and just let me sit yeah. in there and hang out and eat star Wars themed food. Bring me. Bring me the food from the the Star Cruiser that they, you can't sell out anymore. Yeah, because uh, you've kind of, you know, yeah. screwed that one up. But that's um, a story for another episode, I guess. Yeah. But all right, so you mentioned multiple times that you had honorable mentions and dishonorable mentions. I do, and I don't want to spend too much time on these because I can. I don't want to, like. I'm just going to list them quick and tell you yeah. reasons why I put them on for honorable mention. I had Flight of Passage. We discussed that already. Why? Mm-hmm. I had Expedition Everest. Oh, my it, son was like, you can't forget Expedition Everest. And I was like, mm. I love the historical stuff inside. Yeah. I love the footprint. Yeah. He that's loves a, it too. That's a great one. Yeah. I love, It's it really is kind of gives you that immersive experience with all like the Buddhist prayer, prayer flags everywhere and that's, it also, a, that's a great one. It also falls into that realm of like hearing people on the on the actual ride. Yep. I I like that cue too. It just I'd already made my list. I wouldn't uh, change it. Uh, another one is the Little Mermaid when Scuttle really? is working. Yeah, when Scuttle is working, it's fun to watch that animatronic talk. Hmm. I enjoy getting on there and looking for uh, the hidden Nautilus in the side. Uh, I like the way that the rocks are carved. Like, it's very artistic and, and very well made. Right. Not on my list. I think it's cool, though. Um, for the same reason, I put Dumbo on there just for the fact Wait, that... what? Just let me explain. I like the fact that they give you the option for the kids to play. So for kids, not for me personally, it's it's an honorable mention for families... Because when families go into Dumbo, you get like a beeper and the kids get to go play on this playground. All right. This is my... This is my... 
um, moment like you had with me when I said mustard number one. Yeah. I can't believe you have this even anywhere near a, an honorable mention or anything. I, now, it's not dishonorable mention sure. because it, the cue is non-existent. What? Yeah. Well, know. when you hear my dishonorable mentions, you'll they're horrible for a yeah. reason. This is like, it, it, to me, it's innovation. I'm giving them bonus points. Yeah, it's not on I my mean, list. I, I guess they put... I'm plate. just giving them bonus yeah. points for innovating and creating a system where... Finding a trap for people? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying it's my best. I'm, I'm giving them bonus hey, points look. for creating something creative. Yeah. My last one. And I was as I was sort of analyzing all the cues, I looked at Epcot, and almost every ride, almost every ride in Epcot has an indoor air-conditioned queue. I'm not saying they're all the best, but if you think of the way the Epcot works, the majority of the pavilions are indoors, and you get to cool off while you're waiting. I mean, Spaceship Earth, you're outside for a chunk yeah, of it. Yeah, Spaceship Earth doesn't even have a queue. Yeah. Like, it's hey, all look, outside. You're in, like, you're indoors, and then now you're on the ride. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, well, so that's a shout-out to Epcot just for, you know, cr- knowing you're in Orlando. And planning for that. Yeah. So uh, the majority, like I said, is uh, indoors Mm -hmm. and you're you're baking outside. But so that's some honorable mentions for various reasons. So my honorable mention list would start at Epcot with Test Track. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think of that. For creating the cars. Well, not even that. Just the walking through and looking at the prototypes and Mm -hmm. stuff. I think they could do a better job. I've mentioned this before. I wish they would do an evolution of of cars and it, you know if you have chevrolet sponsoring it you could easily do an ev- evolution of the chevy that vehicles was, i think that was part of world um, of motion and so they could easily do something like that i would like them to change up the cars that are in there almost like a showroom style and bring in actual like prototype cars that they've showed at uh i think it's sema s-e-m-a i think is the, is yeah, the my dad talks about um, that but car guys i think would love test or love test track um, another one that was really close to being on my list, and then I kind of was like, eh, really, it's one room that's awesome, and that's Peter Pan. Um, yeah, I Peter thought Pan's of that, Flight, too. Yep. Because you have... Another good one for kids. Yeah, it's really yep. good for kids, and you've got that that whole interactivity with, like, the shadows and stuff where you can... Yeah. Um, well, that's so, like Haunted Mansion when it's working with all those little interactive pieces, mm-hmm. but a lot of times... Sometimes they're not off. working, yeah. And they'll rope it off where you avoid that whole part. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people wondering why that's not on my list, it doesn't always work. So I don't even know if I... I would... was actually shocked. I thought it was going to be on your list, but I yeah. I can see why. Now I don't you, know. I'm interested to hear about your dishonorable mentions. Yeah. So I have I have a couple. My One of my least favorite, and this is... I don't know if they've gotten much better by adding a couple umbrellas, <laughs> but that is Slinky Dog is, is outside for the majority of it. And I mean, part of it at the end is a, undercover, but it's just so hot. I don't, I don't love the the Slinky Dog queue at all. Uh, if you're gonna go and ride Slinky, I would almost definitely pay the extra money just to skip and go right on it because that's a rough queue to wait in. No, you can't. You can't anymore. No, because it's the only one that's individual Lightning Lane. There is Rise. Ah, oh, you're right. Just gotta wake up at seven a.m. and play the slots. Ugh. Anyway, that stinks. And then uh, Jungle Cruise is torturously hot. Oh, my God. You're undercover, but, like, I I feel like I sweat off a three three gallons of sweat while I'm waiting for that one. Uh, another one that I hate is, like, three cues in one that all end up in the exact same spot, and that's in Tomorrowland. 
So the Astro Orbiter, the People Mover, and believe it or not, the Space Mountain Overflow all come to that big chunk in the middle of the park on the concrete directly in the sun. That sucks. So I wouldn't have thought about lumping Space Mountain in there, but if I it's was all, to, it's the same real estate. If I was to give the most dishonorable mention ever is Astro Orbiter. The oh, fact that the you worst. wait in a line to get on an elevator that takes four people up at a time. It's horrible. It is horrible. It is. And then you're you're are you in that line or are you in the line for the people mover? Which line are you in? It is an absolutely atrocious queue. I hate it. I'm with you 100%. And then the last one that's directly <clears throat> in the sun is the queue for rock and roller coaster. There's a small chunk at the end that isn't but you're waiting outside in the sun for so long. And Tower of Terror just, can be like that too. There's at least you're in kind of within trees though. For yeah. That first where we wrap around. Yeah, you're you're right. So you're not directly baking in the sun. Like the mm-hmm. second half, when you go inside for Tower of Terror, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like when you go inside for Rock and Roller Coaster, it's like a cheesy 1990 rock video. It's very dated. Like if you're a rock and roll fan and you walk in and see all that stuff, you're like, whoa, this is not. Yeah. It's like, it's a weird era. It was like right between when like hair metal and glam was over and right before grunge. It was like this weird like pop rock that only existed for a yeah. couple of years with Aerosmith. That's where they fit in. And then immediately it was like dated after that point. Yeah. Aerosmith made a choice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the choice they made was not necessarily the right one. But um, I can't come i can't argue with any of the things you said i will say um that there are some rides that don't even have cues so like we've got um the whole aladdin's magic carpets which i hate that ride i hate spinner rides in general yeah um that's kind of a silly one there um but this was a really hard episode to make because yeah, there's a lot, there are a lot of ride cues that I really like. Yep. And I think that's one thing that Disney does so well. Maybe that's why we call them cues there and not lines. Cause you really don't feel like you're, cause it's an experience. Yeah, It really is an experience. And, um, I really enjoy most of them. Some of them can be a bit hot. Yeah. Um, some of them need some love looking at you runaway railway. Yep. Um, the ripped walls. Yeah. But you know, the, the, they do a good job. The pre-shows are a good way to distract you, make you feel like you're already on the ride when you're not. So, And they can gobble people up. Yes, they do. Yeah. They, they really can. But Any uh, last thoughts? Oh, I did want to say, yeah. so because you brought up the rock and roller coaster. Sure. Um, we got, I put up, I tweeted like a reply to somebody who had asked something about rock and roller coaster. And I said, hey, one of, you know, we were talking on our podcast the other day and we said it should become like a, a Muppets ride. Yeah, and that the response people were like, "Oh my gosh, this would be amazing." The the so, uh, electric mayhem take it over. Yeah, you're welcome, Walt Disney Imagineering. Use it, use, use it, it, please. But it's a great big beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow's just a list away. Tune in next time, and we'll see you real soon. <laughs>